0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. We're now three Sundays into our Lenten journey. Our first reading this weekend is a famous one. Moses has fled Egypt after he killed an Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He escapes to the land of Midian and after saving the daughters of a man named Jethro, now is a shepherd for Jethro's flock. His shepherding takes him to Horeb, the mountain of God. There he sees a bush, which, though on fire, was not consumed. As Moses and God are chatting around this burning bush, the Lord God asks Moses to go to Pharaoh. But Moses raises five different objections to why he doesn't want to go. One of them is recounted in our passage. When I go to the Israelites, if they ask me, what is his name, what am I to tell them? And God famously replies, I am who am. Here, there have been countless attempts to get at the root of just what this means. It's the sacred name as God reveals himself. And some translations include, I will be who I will be. I am who am. I am being that I am being. I am the ising one, and even the one who always is. Ultimately though, none of these are satisfactory in capturing the entire concept, and perhaps that's the whole point. God, the origin of being, is mysterious and unable to be fully described in words. We continue talking about Moses in our second reading, a passage from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Among the many issues of the Christians at Corinth, one was that some Christians there were eating meat sacrificed to idols. According to their thought process, Now that they've been baptized as Christians, they're in a state of sort of spiritual immunity, whereby participating in pagan worship and even eating meat sacrificed to pagan gods would not actually impact them in any way. Paul sets out, of course, to correct this error, and he does so by way of an example from history, the Israelites in the desert. But from the outset, Paul stretches the original story a bit. He talks about how the Israelites were baptized into Moses, but Clearly, when the Israelites passed through the Red Sea in their exodus, they didn't say to themselves, oh look, we're being baptized into Moses. But the word baptism, in the time of Paul, meant to submerge or plunge. Therefore, he's saying that the Israelites were, in a sense, submerged into the life of Moses and united to him as the one who brought them forth into a new way of life, just as Jesus has done for the Christians in Corinth. And what's more, Paul says that not only did these Israelites experience a baptism of sorts, but also they ate spiritual food, the manna, and drank spiritual drink from the rock, just as the Christians in Corinth would be receiving spiritual food and drink in their weekly gatherings of the Eucharist. Paul says that even though all this had taken place for the Israelites, God still became displeased with their actions. Now what's his point? He wants the Corinthians to consider the example of the Israelites in the desert as just that, an example, so that we might not desire evil things as they did. The passage finishes with, Therefore, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. Two current events in the time of Jesus are mentioned in our Gospel passage. The first is an event in which Pilate mingled the blood of Galileans with the blood of sacrifices. And then the second is when a tower at Siloam fell on 18 people and killed them. Unfortunately, we have no historical record of just exactly what happened in either of these two events. But there are, of course, some theories. For the first, the mingling of the blood, Pilate's brutality to Galileans is well documented. So it could be that some Galileans were causing a bit of a ruckus during the time of one of the Jewish feasts, And so Pilate had them executed at or near the temple as they were offering sacrifice. And thus, their blood was mingled with the blood of the sacrifices. Yet we have an even more limited understanding of the second current event mentioned, the falling of the tower at Siloam. Some theorize that an aqueduct may have collapsed during construction, but more likely there was a tower in the old wall in Jerusalem that just suddenly collapsed for unknown reasons. But the important context in both of these stories is that, at the time of Jesus, a widespread belief was that disaster and misfortune were a direct result of sin. Therefore, if someone died because, let's say, a tower fell on him or her, people believed that it had to be because either that person sinned or someone in the family sinned. Jesus questions this logic by asking, first, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? And then again, referencing the falling of the tower, he asks, do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this third Sunday in Lent in year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.